When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. At Centra, we have everything you need in the Centra range. With great quality food and everyday prices. Like Centra Homestyle Oven Chips, 1.5 kilo, only €1.55. Centra Gold Blend 80 tea bags, only €1.40. And Centra Fresh Irish Part Bone Chicken Breasts, 610 gram, only €5. Centra. Live every day. It's been a year since my sister Callie died. Now I can't sleep because every time I close my eyes, Callie's there to wake me up. The insomnia's gotten so bad, I'm not sure what's real anymore. There's a shadow living inside my head. It's angry, and I don't think I can stop it. My name is Harper Hart, and I'll see you in your nightmares. Journey into your own subconscious and listen to See You in Your Nightmares now on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. River Cafe Table 4 is a brand new podcast with me, Ruthie Rogers. Each week, I invite a special guest, such as Paul McCartney, to discuss their food memories. John Lennon and I hitchhiked to Paris, and we thought, oh, we've got to have a wine experience. We're in France. And we took a sip and thought, that is terrible. It's like vinegar. Listen to River Cafe Table 4 on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So a few months ago, my producer Sophie and I went out to Flushing, Queens to attend this demonstration. Wow, this is a lot of people here. It's like... You can't even see the end or the beginning. It's, it goes all the way up Main Street in Flushing. The event was organized by this Chinese spiritual group called Falun Gong. And they were there to commemorate their persecution from the Chinese Communist Party. We saw thousands of people wearing yellow and blue T-shirts. And they were holding massive banners that say things like, The Chinese Communist Party is the real virus of the world. This one says, communism's ultimate goal, destroy the human race. So Falun Gong started back in China in the 1990s, and now there are practitioners all over the world. You might have seen them meditating in parks, or you might have seen them at rallies like this one protesting the Chinese Communist Party. Then we saw a group of anti-Falun Gong counter-protesters. They were standing off to the side, and they had their own banners. And they were standing next to a bunch of street vendors. And so we decided to go over and talk to one of them. So he's, um, he's, a, he's a local community member. He's lived here for 20 years. And his whole thing is, you know, Falun Gong, they're, they're liars and they're, um, they're hucksters. The controversial thing about Falun Gong is not just that they speak out against the Chinese Communist Party. 
is that they have become increasingly influential in American politics as well because they're associated with one of the biggest platforms in the country that is publishing conspiracy theories and disinformation. And that platform is called the Epoch Times. What is the Epoch Times? Epoch Times is a small newspaper that spent more money on pro-Trump Facebook ads than any organization outside the Trump campaign. Who runs this thing? It sounds unbelievable, but it's true. It is run by a group called Falun Gong. Falun Gong, a religious movement that emphasizes on spiritual enlightenment and cultivation of virtue. China's government banned Falun Gong in the 1990s, and Falun Gong decided to fight Chinese propaganda with its own. So what is going on at Falun Gong? This is Vice News Reports, and I'm your host, Ariel Dumras. I'm TTU, a reporter for Vice News. Titi, we're in the studio. Thanks I for know. joining me. It's amazing. It's amazing to be out. <laughs> in person. In person, yes. <laughs> um, so, Titi, you've been reporting on Falun Gong, which I know is a religious movement. So, yeah, during the height of the pandemic, I was getting bombarded by my family with a lot of fake news articles. About what? Um, about politics, about the election, about the pandemic. In the beginning, there was a lot of speculations about the vaccine, and there was a lot of pro-Trump material that was coming through. And I started to notice that a lot of them were associated with these two media networks. One was the Epoch Times, and the other one was New Tang Dynasty Television. And I vaguely knew about them, particularly with the Epoch Times, because they used to publish articles mostly associated with China about inhumane Chinese labor practices Mm. or religious persecution was another big topic. And what I knew about them was that they were very anti-China. Okay, and so initially the Epoch Times is kind of digging into abuses in China, very anti-Chinese Communist Party. But like as you're reading them more recently in 2020 or 2021, what kind of articles are you seeing? So, you know, their articles are pretty far right. It's on par with Breitbart or Newsmax. And they're actually huge online. They have tens of millions of followers. So the paper really highlighted Trump's Stop the Steal campaign, which, as you know, became the insurrection on January 6th. All right. So they're similar to Breitbart and other ultra-conservative news outlets. So what sets them apart? So what sets them apart is this marriage between anti-Chinese Communist Party propaganda and socially conservative politics in the United States. The other thing to know about the Epoch Times is that they're connected to a Chinese spiritual movement called Falun Gong. Now, it's important to know that Falun Gong has always denied any connections with the Epoch Times, but people we've interviewed told us that a lot of the former staff members were Falun Gong members, and a lot of the founders of these media networks were former Falun Gong members. So how did the spiritual movement that's I think still pretty obscure in the U.S., start this major news outlet. So Falun Gong started in the 90s in China, and it started by this guy named Li Hongzhi. He was part of this Qigong fad that was happening in China at the time, 
And Qigong is this series of meditative physical exercises that you can do. And so, like Tai Chi, right? Yes, very much. Yes, exactly like Tai Chi. I think Tai Chi is the more popular form of Qigong that a lot of uh, people in the West know about. Yeah, my so, mom did it for a whole while in the 90s. I remember oh, that's that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, this guy named Li Hongzhi sort of just came on the scene out of nowhere. He's sort of like a Qigong entrepreneur, and he created his own series of meditative physical exercises. And then he started traveling the country and giving lectures. But unlike what the Qigong masters were doing at the time, he took it a, a step further. He started to claim that by practicing his brand of Qigong, you can not only heal physical ailment, you can heal spiritual ailment as, as well and attain this higher spiritual awareness. He called it cultivating the fa. Fa means dharma. The cultivation practice of Falun Dafa is, in theory, completely different from the methods of conventional Qigong practices or schools. And he calls his new, more spiritual form of Qigong, Falun Gong, or Falun Dafa. The rotation of the Falun is synchronized with the rotation of the universe. So in the beginning, Falun Gong was recognized by the official Chinese Qigong Association. And that really, really helped its rise. How popular are we talking here? Very, very popular. An academic that I spoke to said during the height of the movement, there were tens of millions of people who were members, and a lot of them were Chinese Communist Party members. Along with this spiritual enlightenment, there was some familiar conservative tropes in his teachings. He started to teach against modern medicine, to abandon worldly desires, and he also is against homosexuality. Should have seen that coming. You did say social conservative tropes. Exactly. And as Lee's popularity grows, his messaging also takes on a more messianic tone. He claims that he can cure diseases, that he can levitate, and that he can reverse aging. Master Lee's promises reach into the supernatural. Followers will see through walls. People who practice his beliefs will develop a third eye practitioners will fly. So, I mean, most religions have a supernatural element. For him, you know, as he told Time magazine back in 1999, he told them stories like aliens are invading human minds to hmm. control us and to corrupt us. But there's a finer point here. It's important for me to emphasize that in China... Unlike here in the United States, you can't just decide to start a new religion. There's five officially sanctioned religion in China, and anything outside of it is illegal. So what he did was dangerous. So as Li Hongzhi became increasingly bold in his claims of this more moral and spiritual movement, along with the fact that the movement was so popular particular amongst party cadres, that became threatening to the Chinese Communist Party. And the party finally decided in 1999 to shut it down. What do you mean by shut it down? They declared it a cult and they made it illegal to practice. Falun Gong is not an ordinary illegal organization. 
It is a cult. And what followed was an intense period of persecution. Thousands have been detained since China's communist government began last week's crackdown. Apparently, over 100,000 people were detained and jailed. This week, Falun Gong literature was confiscated and very publicly destroyed. And Amnesty International and other human rights groups reported torture. Okay, so this group really has been persecuted in China. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so they have reasons to be upset and and to be protesting in the streets in Queens. Yes. Okay. During this period of really intense crackdown, a lot of the members went underground, and a lot of them fled internationally to places like Taiwan and Hong Kong and Australia, and a lot of them ended up here in the United States, including their leader, Li Hongzhi. When Falun Gong established itself in the United States, one of its main narratives began to emerge. And this narrative is central to the way Falun Gong views the world, and it will echo throughout its later media projects. And their idea is that we're in this cosmic battle between good and evil. And on the side of good is Falun Gong and its members. And on the side of evil are anyone who is associated with the Chinese Communist Party. And they believe that in order for them to attain a certain kind of spiritual enlightenment, they must go out into the world and save others from the Chinese Communist Party. So when Falun Gong comes to the United States, they flourish in very, very interesting and unexpected ways. This season, take an incredible journey through 5,000 years of culture with Shen Yun. You might have seen posters of one of the performing arts shows that they do. It is called Shen Yun. And you'll see ads of them in bus stops or coffee shops or subways. Discover why people are calling Shen Yun a visual feast. You know, it's this kind of yellowish poster with this beautiful woman wearing a silk robe, you know, leaping through the air doing splits. A must-see. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. They, They have posters everywhere. So my mother attended a performance a couple of years ago, and she left in the middle of it because she was so traumatized because it reminded her of her childhood living in the Cultural Revolution and the messaging of the Chinese Communist Party when she was growing up. At some point, there's a, you know, a head of Karl Marx coming down on the stage, and then he gets washed away by this huge tidal wave. So some heavy-handed metaphors here. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's very, very heavy, heavy, heavy propaganda. And so while they're denouncing the Chinese Communist Party, they're also replicating a lot of the things that you'll find within the Chinese Communist Party. Like, how does that make any sense at all? That's right. I mean, it's very, very ironic. I guess you imitate those that you hate as well as those you love, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so they have this dance troupe. And then they also have this media arm that runs the Epoch Times and their TV station. How did that come about? So I watched the Epoch Times go from a small, scrappy community newspaper to something way bigger. That began around 2016 with the rise of Donald Trump because they saw an opportunity in Donald Trump to further their agenda of being anti-Chinese Communist Party. Right. He was also pushing that message. Exactly, exactly. And its approach to media 
drastically changed. They started to grow their political arm of their newspaper, and they were stepping into American politics. And they became hugely influential in the right-wing media network. That's after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I can't believe I've no work again. It's so hard to build a career. Well, have you thought about a career in technology? Nah, I've no tech qualifications. What about Future in Tech? Their academy offers industry qualifications in cybersecurity, cloud, digital marketing, data analytics, web, and software development. And it's all free. But lots of places offer free programs. How's this different? It's 100% online classroom learning with live tutors. You don't need a tech background. And you have access to industry mentors and career advisors. Great. Where do I apply? At futureintech.ie. This program is fully funded by the Technology Ireland ICT Skillnet through Skillnet Ireland. The reviews are in. And audiences agree, iHeartRadio's number one podcast, Aftershock, is the show you need to binge. Michaela, She's not going to make it to the mainland by herself. Five stars. I love it. It's hard to find a podcast that is truly immersive. And this one takes the cake. Ask me if I care who died on that island. The art of a roller coaster. So many ups and downs, twists and turns. Five stars. Someone's running towards us. Get to the boat now has me at the edge of my seat. Everyone that hears me listening to it stops to listen and then subscribes themselves. You owe me. After what you did, you owe me the truth. Heart-stopping and the cast. I can't wait for more. This place is gonna collapse. Straps us in and makes us think we're coasting along and we're really racing to an abrupt end. You're gonna come with me and we are gonna take you apart piece by piece. Aftershock starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come to the island and binge the series everyone is talking about. Follow it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All quotes taken from actual user reviews. Hi, it's Allie Wentworth, a middle-aged woman with a lot of questions and a lot of answers I have pulled out of my tush as host of Go Ask Allie. My listeners want more, so we are digging in. It's real, it's honest, open and unexpected, and sometimes amusing. Can you start with your infamous $19,000 haircut? Yes, and this is a great story I, I feel about mothers and daughters with a dream and an empty bank account. Just a few of our fabulous guests this season are New York Times bestselling author Isabel Gillies, writer and Oprah's favorite life coach Martha Beck, and former editor of People magazine Jess Cagle, 
if we know intimate details about another person, then that person is socially important to us. Okay, so that's what you like to gossip about. Wait, what do you gossip about? All new episodes of Go Ask Alley release every Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Alley on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so... Falun Gong, which starts out as a spiritual group, builds a media empire, a a newspaper, a website, a TV station. How does it operate? What does its footprint actually look like? Yeah, that's a great question. That's something that I wanted to find out, too. But actually, it's not that easy to understand them from the outside. So, Ben, why don't we just start from the very beginning? Um, So... I went to speak to this guy who does digital forensics. Uh, My name is Benjamin T. Decker. I am the founder and CEO of Memetica. Ben analyzes content that's online in order to better understand harassment, extremism, and political disinformation. And one of the websites that he analyzed is the Epoch Times. So I think there's a lot of narrative overlap between sites like Breitbart and the Epoch Times. Uh, I think the one difference would really be the Epoch ecosystem's, you know, devotion to anti-China stories, uh, you know, particularly around the government. Ben tells us about two ecosystems with the Epoch Times. And the way that it works is that one feeds into the other. One ecosystem consists entirely of cute viral videos. Old MacDonald had a farm. The other ecosystem consists of prophetic conspiracies. Are you tired of newspapers spinning the truth and pushing false narratives? And are you looking for honest coverage of Spygate, the true story of collusion? Then you need to check out the Epic Times newspaper. You'll absolutely love it. So what happens is that first ecosystem feeds into that second ecosystem of conspiracy theories. And that's what Epoch Times is really good at. Oftentimes, these types of conspiracies, which have inherently been extremely pro-Trump over the last several years, have tried to reach readers using calls to action and a lot of coded language. Coming up on the Epoch News, President Trump calls for an investigation into Joe Biden and his family's links to the Chinese communist regime. And dog whistles around the deep state. The Obama administration conspired against Donald Trump in the 2016 race, spied on his team, and in the process weaponized some of America's most powerful agencies. But also leverage right-wing distrust of China to push aggressive anti-Chinese government narratives. The Epoch Times chose to call it the CCP virus, or the Chinese Communist Party virus, which I think is even more accurate. So they reel you in with cute videos, and then they send you a bunch of conspiracy theories? Does that actually work? So you're basically saying that this is a tactic that they use to grow their audience member. 
100%. I mean, this is the classic sort of audience growth playbook. So Ben tells me that they would create these shell pages and they would name it like the BL or Truth Media. So it's the same content with a different name and a different packaging to it. But Ben, who analyzed these pages, tells me that they're actually all connected to the Epoch Times. Okay, so a lot of people might have actually stumbled on some of these websites without even knowing that this is related to the Epoch Times and then this spiritual movement called Falun Gong. That's right. That's the power of these shell pages. And what happens once you have a network of 50, 70, 80, 100 different pages, you can sort of feed content from one to another and reach audiences that might like viral videos that have never consumed content around uh, Mueller Gate. So what it really does is it... it really primes audiences for radicalization, which frankly is its own currency. So these shell pages that are linked to each other, what it does is that it creates millions of viewers and draws them to the same content. So by 2019, they were making a lot of money. The paper's revenue nearly quadrupled in the Trump years. They made something like $15 million in 2019. All right, so this is this is working for them. It's huge business. And so what you're seeing is important Republican officials are showing up on their networks. They're giving interviews. During the Trump years, their reporters were getting access to people in government, and they're spending a lot of that money on advertising, backing Trump's re-election. And so part of their campaign is that they were all over social media. They were on YouTube, they were on Facebook, they were on Twitter. So in 2019, Epoch Times spent over $9 million on Facebook and Instagram advertising. And then NBC News reported that over a six-month period, the Epoch Times spent over a million dollars on pro-Trump ads. The only organization that spent more money was the Trump campaign itself. Wow. And so after that, Facebook banned the Epoch Times for violating its ad policies. And then Facebook started noticing all these new pages, like the BL started popping up. And then they figured out that these pages were also connected to the Epoch Times. So they decided to crack down. Facebook shut down hundreds of pages. So the publisher of the Epoch Times says that the paper reached out to Facebook to see why their ads were taken down. And when they didn't get a response, they started pushing out ads for Epoch Times on new Facebook pages. But what happened after Facebook decided to shut them down is that they decided to move to more fringier social media platforms. But they kind of started to think, well, why don't we actually just go ahead and do this ourselves? It seems like everyone and their mom is building a social media platform. We might as well just hop in there and, and do it. And thus SafeChat came into existence. This new social media platform, SafeChat, you've probably never heard of it. Yep, I'm just going to say it. Uh, I know nothing about SafeChat. This is, is definitely not part of my social media ecosystem. Yeah, so SafeChat was started by a Falun Gong member who formerly worked for the Epoch Times. And they really came to people's attention in January 2021 
right around the insurrection. Oh, whoa. Okay. A few months ago, I actually downloaded SafeChat myself. I just wanted to see what was on it. I had one stream that was in Chinese, and then I had another stream that was in English, and I wanted to see how similar the two content was. In the English stream, there was a lot of materials about Stop the Steal, the China virus, the vaccine. It's a lot of pro-Trump MAGA material. It's a lot of conspiracy theories, QAnon content. The Chinese stream had a lot more misinformation about China, but there was a lot of crossover in terms of Epoch Times reporters who would be on both. What's significant about it was that SafeChat became a place where Chinese dissidents can talk to essentially white nationalists in this country. Forgive me for not fully understanding the dynamic here, but white nationalists are aligning themselves with people who are largely not white, right? Like Chinese people and Chinese American people who are against the Chinese Communist Party. How does that work? I think it's more about the fact they're aligned on the anti-communist thing. So they're pushing this narrative of the dangers of the far left. Which they view as socialist. And so you have this alliance going on because they have a common goal. Exactly. Exactly. I think there's always a hop, skip and a jump from reading a story about a conspiracy like QAnon and suddenly finding yourselves in a chat room with a bunch of far-right extremists. So when we think about how many clicks does it take to get to real-world harm, that's really the issue when it comes to um, mass participation or mass migration to increasingly fringe platforms. Okay, so all of this links back to Falun Gong. I'm assuming you reached out to the group itself, right? That you spoke to current and probably former members for this story. Can you tell me about what that was like? So I have to say this is one of the more difficult stories that I've tried to cover because of the reluctance of people to talk to us. I think because it's there's a religious component, I think people don't want to be misunderstood. But I, I do think that people don't want to get in between this battle between Falun Gong on one side and the Chinese Communist Party on the other side. Would you qualify Falun Gong as secretive? They're very, very secretive. One of the current members that we reached out to, um, she told us that she didn't want us to do the story at all. And by the way, we've reached out to the Epoch Times and to Falun Gong for comments, and they have not responded to us. But you did manage to talk to some people, right? A lot of people we spoke to were off the record, but we were able to speak to one person on the record. He has this fascinating story. He's been with the group for a long, long time. He joined them when he was 16 years old. I, I felt like Falun Gong was a relationship I was having, and when I joined, there were a lot of things that I made excuses for. That's after the break. 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A home is something you devote yourself to, both emotionally and financially. So, when it comes to letting buying, selling, developing, or investing, our property experts are always on hand to make every step of the journey as easy and hassle-free as possible. Discover more at Savills.ie. Savills. When you move, we move. Hi, friends. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. We're your hosts for SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's podcast celebrating all things SpongeBob universe. We have the privilege that not many SpongeBob fans get. This being an official Nickelodeon podcast, we get to interview the brilliant humans behind the names we've all been reading in those credits for over 20 years. This is a podcast by fans for fans. Listen to SpongeBob Binge Pants on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's so much going on in Latin America. In Colombia, demonstrations against proposed tax reforms have turned into countrywide protests. It can be confusing. Health authorities across Latin America are battling a rise in coronavirus infections. That's where El Hilo, a Spanish language podcast from Radio Ambulante Studios and Vice News, comes in. Cuando un edificio se cae, no perdona. Cuando tú vives en una dictadura, ¿qué opciones tienes si eres oposición? O la cárcel o el exilio. Listen to El Hilo every Friday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. So at this point, I feel like I have a pretty good sense of how the Epoch Times plays a significant role in political disinformation in the U.S. But the thing that really feels different here and that I think affects everybody is that the Epoch Times is related to this religious group, Falun Gong. Exactly. And that's why we wanted to speak to a former member on the record. And the guy that we spoke to gave me a much, much clearer picture of what was happening with Falun Gong from the inside. Oh, here it is. Yeah, this one. We met him in Ithaca, New York, where he lives in this tiny little house. His name is Azrael Zor, and he greeted us in a flowy white tunic. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Titi. Is it okay that I'm already recording? Yeah. Okay. All right, so tell me about this guy. So he was born into this kind of a hippie family into the Transcendental Meditation movement. And so when he was 16, he went out and started looking for his own path and his own spirituality. And he came upon Falun Gong. I I felt like Falun Gong was a relationship I was having. He joined the group when he was 16, and he was part of this group for over a decade. And when I joined Falun Gong, there were a lot of things that I made excuses for. And I was like, I'm just going to accept Falun Gong as it is. I'm sure it'll change and become more in line with what I believe and feel like it should be. It was essentially like me giving it one more go. Like, let me just make sure <laughs> that, that I got this right. Around 2000, 2001, Epoch Times was starting out um, as a scrappy little paper. And they were encouraging members like... Azrael to volunteer and to work for these media enterprises. So all of these people that are engaged in these media things, those would be the true practitioners. 
And the reason why they do that is part of their spiritual practice called clarifying the truth. So one of the basic tenets of Falun Gong is that members must go out into the world to tell the world about the truth about Falun Gong. And so working for these media enterprises means that you can go on to attain your spiritual enlightenment. He starts volunteering with the TV station that's connected to Falun Gong, and it's called New Tang Dynasty Television. And he starts doing that from the very, very beginning. And what did you do for NTT? A little bit of everything. Uh, I just hopped in and started doing, you know, After Effects type things, editing little fillers and commercials and graphics packagings for shows. Were you getting paid? No. No, I, I was essentially 16 years old, sleeping in their TV station and taking you know, showers in their TV station and everything. And I was getting meals like twice a day. It was just um, the fangbian mian. Um, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, um, instant noodles, yeah, instant ramen noodles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, instant noodles. And there was just boxes stacked like all throughout the TV station. But they were just like, here you guys go if you're hungry. Everyone else was in sleeping bags, just sleeping bags all over the place. I, I remember at one point I was given uh, a little office and I would just sleep on the floor of the office all the time yeah, with the door slightly closed, my feet hanging out. Wait, so this is a white guy, right? Like he grew up in the U.S. in this hippie community and it, it sounds like he speaks Chinese. Yes. So his Chinese is actually really, really good. And he told me that he learned how to speak Chinese by listening to Li Hongzhi's lecture tapes. And he would just listen to it over and over and over. And later, he appeared in a recruitment video for Falun Gong. That's actually really impressive. It's very incredible, actually. (laughs) I was very impressed. So all of this shows that this is not just a job for Azrael, that in fact that this is a way of life, it's a devotion, and he's not getting paid. And is that the case for everybody else as well? Yes. So a lot of the former members that we've spoken to have told us that, especially in the early days, the newspaper was basically built by volunteers. So what does that say about Falun Gong and its media empire? What it says is that it's an incredibly, incredibly good business model and that Falun Gong is really, really successful in utilizing their members to build a media empire that furthers their political agenda. So you were 16, eating eating instant noodles, sleeping in their office. I mean, why? That's a very good question. Uh... Why? Gee, I was just thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm helping save people. He told me he believed that he was saving people from the Chinese Communist Party. They say, if you were ever a part of the Communist Party, you need to write your name and relinquish the Communist Party or else you're going to go to hell. He felt like he was part of something amazing and something real. And the persecution of Falun Gong's members, I think, really struck a chord with him. But Azrael is not a member anymore, right? So obviously his feelings have changed. At least they must have changed at some point. Do you know when that shift happened? So 
his transformation, I think, happened along the way. He started noticing little things that didn't make sense. Things like Lee Hongzhi really couldn't perform any of the miracles that he claimed that he could. But I think the real shift for him came in 2016 with the full-throated support for Donald Trump from Falun Gong members. So in 2016, Azra was living in Deer Park, New York, right outside of the Falun Gong compound, which they call Dragon Springs. And he was living there with his wife. And Azra was a Bernie supporter, and he was trying to convince the group that Bernie's message of compassion really fit in with the message of Falun Gong. And so my immediate thing was to go to the entire group and say, listen, you guys got to be supporting this guy because he's... He's in it for you. He told me that he was told immediately that Bernie Sanders is a socialist, that anybody in the Democratic Party cannot be trusted. And so they went hard right uh, against Hillary Clinton and, you know, did their best to also help elect Donald Trump. So this is when he realized that his values wasn't really in line with Falun Gong. They are completely against uh, uh, abortion, um, gay marriage, you know, anything to do with LGBTQ uh, community, they are against. Um, which you would also see in if you just have a look at Epoch Times or NTD TV. So he sees Falun Gong shift away from what he thought was the spiritual movement's values. Right, exactly. This pushed him over the edge. To me, that was, that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, I, I couldn't, couldn't bear that anymore. What were some of the questions that you were asking outwardly? I wasn't really asking questions. It was more like epiphanies of certain truths that I was coming to understand about the reality of the founder, like having to do with his claim on certain abilities. You know, we all love superhero movies. So when someone's telling you that they can do certain things, you're like, oh, wow, that's really exciting. But those turned out not to be true. And so when I started to say these sorts of things, immediately I was deemed as an enemy. At the time that he's questioning this group, his marriage is also falling apart. And this is where his story gets complicated. The way that he tells it, his wife begins to doubt his mental health because he was questioning Lee Hong-ju's teachings. And then his wife issues a protective order against him. I need to add here that during the production of this episode, we reached out to Azrael's wife and she declined to comment. We've seen Falun Gong go from being a completely apolitical group. So after having been a part of this group since he was 16 years old, he decides to leave. To being a completely political right-wing mouthpiece and extremist group. And so I don't know what they're going to evolve into next, but I definitely do not want to see their next, next form. Okay, that is super complicated. Yeah. So in the process of reporting this story, we reach out to people who are close to Azrael. And um, one member that I had a text exchange with, she told me basically that I shouldn't trust Azrael because he is mentally ill. And when I try to engage her in conversation a little bit further, she completely shut me down. She wrote, and I quote, 
You must be aware that thousands of people have been tortured and killed under the CCP's brutal persecution of Falun Dafa practitioners in China. So if you do a piece that attempts to discredit Falun Gong, isn't it a bit like writing an article during World War II criticizing Jewish people while they're being gassed in the concentration camps? Unquote. Wow. Sounds like this person is really, really upset about what China has been doing to these practitioners. And um, the comparison might not be apt, but I get it. I get where this is coming from. She's basically saying that if we do a story on Falun Gong, then we are participating in the persecution of them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really big statement to make. And also, it's the kind of statement that makes it really hard to report on Falun Gong and what Falun Gong has been up to in the U.S. Again, the Epoch Times insists that they're not affiliated with Falun Gong. But Azrael and other members that we've spoken to tell a different story. And when Trump lost the 2020 election, Lee Hongzhi actually penned a message to his members, and it's called the presidential election. <clears throat> and it goes like this. The cosmos clear and bright, the communist demon wreaking chaos, a nation great and powerful, beset by fraud. Society has been manipulated, leaving people disheartened. When will righteousness and conscience return? So what should we be taking away from this? So what's clear is that Falun Gong is a religious group, and in its history, they faced tremendous persecution from the Chinese Communist Party. But what's also clear is they wield power in the politics of this country, and that they've built this media empire that in many ways have contributed tremendously to the disinformation echo chamber that is our reality right now. Right. Do you think that what's going on right now with Falun Gong that you can draw a direct line to the persecution that they've experienced in China? Like, is is this kind of disinformation a way to protect themselves from, from what they've experienced and a way to fight back? Absolutely. I think that was their intention when they started. But in that process, I think that they've really morphed into something else. They built their political activism into their spirituality. And so what they're doing is that they're utilizing their members to push out their political agenda. And it's notable that here in the United States, our politics can be dominated by very niche entities. So I think we commonly think of that happening in more traditional ways, like the way money works in politics or the way business lobby the U.S. government or, say, the Christian rights influence. But here is a spiritual group with a very specific foreign agenda. And in this case, they're anti-Chinese Communist Party. And they're able to wield their power or influence in ways that very, very few people know that they're behind it. And what concerns me personally with my family is that I see the way that these lies and disinformation influence the way that they see politics and the way that millions of people see politics in this country. Thanks to TTU for reporting the story. Thanks also to Ben Decker for sharing his analysis of the Epoch Times. 
Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cottrell, Sophie Cazes, Jen Kinney, Janice Yamoka, Julia Nutter, and Sarah Quevedo. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Adiza Egan. Our associate producers are Sam Egan and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Production coordination by Steph Brown. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. From iHeart executive producers Nikki Etor and Lindsay Hoffman, I'm Ariel Zumros. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again because it really does help. Uh, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. It helps other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. We've all had time to think, to figure stuff out, what we like and don't like about our jobs, our careers. Maybe you don't want to go back to the office or that four hour commute, or maybe you never want to work from home again. At Irish Jobs, we believe everyone should be free to choose the job that fits their lives. Whether you want to step up, step down, or even try something completely new, choose the life that you want. Visit irishjobs.ie. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. <laughs> Learn about adopting a team from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely cool and chill, if I do say so myself. In our new podcast, How Did We Get Weird?, we'll talk about our favorite snacks, shows, and obsessions from growing up with some of your favorite comedians, musicians, and other A list celebrities. Sorry, we're major. Listen to How Did We Get Weird from Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.